Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day to those who are celebrating. We have some good news to bring on the podcast today in the form of a 2-1 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday night. Dan Vladar, the star, making his first career NHL start and shining in the process. We'll get into all that here in a moment, as well as the weekly mailbag segment. But before we do, brief reminder that you can and should go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use. Each new episode will be added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, especially if you're an Apple user. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at LOBostonBruins. On Instagram, it's LockedOnBruins. And you can find me on both platforms at IanCMcLaren. I've been on Twitter at IanCMcLaren for almost 12 years now, if you can believe it. First signed up. While working on my master's degree over in Scotland, just on a whim, procrastinating, and I've been bringing some hockey tweets and dad jokes there for a while, and you know, as bad as Twitter can be, it's brought me a couple jobs along the way as well, including my current day job. So, you know, I'm thankful for the community that we have built over there, and uh, please do give me a follow. And uh, say hey if you are on Twitter.com. So let's get into last night's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you know, I was a bit leery going into this one. They were on the second game of a back-to-back scenario on the road. Of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins were also playing their second game in two nights, albeit in the comforts of home. Uh, The Bruins had dropped nine of their last 12. Tugarask still out with injury. Yaroslav Halak getting the night off, and the Bruins decided to turn to 23-year-old Dan Vladar, a Czech native who had never started an NHL game. His only appearance came in mop-up duty last summer in the second round against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which did not go well. Uh, So the odds weren't necessarily in the Bruins' favor, especially playing against a Pittsburgh team that has some high-end offensive options but in perhaps one of my favorite moments of the season so far Vladar went out made 34 saves helping the Bruins get back on a winning track as they head to Buffalo where they can hopefully keep the momentum going of course the highlight of the night was an incredible stick save that Vladar made off Colton Sevier and it really gave the team a boost Trent Frederick said it was pretty unreal. Once he did that, I knew he was locked in. We knew we had to get the win for him. He's really worked hard up to this point, and he battled for us tonight. Vladar, certainly the story for the Bruins in this one, making those 34 saves and, uh, yeah, just really keeping the team in it long enough to get that extra goal that was scored by Frederick. Uh, The Bruins have sputtered offensively as of late they were gifted a five minute 
power play that they were not able to cash in on. We'll get to that here in a moment. But uh, that remarkable stick save, which he called lucky, one in a hundred, was certainly a topic of conversation after the game. Head coach Bruce Cassidy said it gave the group confidence. The whole group got up. When you make a save like that, it's bound to lift the guys. I assume it made him feel pretty good. Certainly gave the team a lift and gave their guys something to think about when those don't go in. It was a critical play in the game. Now, it was pretty cool to see Frederick get the game-winning goal in this one. He and Vladar had played together in Providence, and Frederick said, you could tell after the game it meant a lot to Vladar. He's worked very hard for a long time. Being with him in Providence, he's always putting in the work. Very good kid. Everyone likes him. Frederick said he's happy to call him one of his friends, and it's really cool to see him work his way all the way here and get that win. Vladar got the game puck after the win, said he was probably going to sleep with it, and he might buy some safes and lock it in there so no one can steal it from him. He added Yaroslav Halak on the bench was very supportive, talking to him from the bench during the game, just trying to keep him loose and relax. And Vladar said he has a lot of things that he can learn from Yaroslav as well as Tukarask, not just on the ice but off as well. And it's great to see those veteran netminers kind of shepherding the next wave in Vladar and even Swayman as he's been around practicing with the team. Uh, He said he called his girlfriend, he called his parents. They were celebrating the win from the Czech Republic and, you know, It was 3 or 4 a.m. back there, but they were still up and watching, which is really uh, neat to see as well. These kind of uh, first wins for goalies seem to be incredibly special. We saw that in Ottawa the other night with Joey Decord and here with our Bruins, with Dan Vladar. It's sad that they weren't able to be with him, uh, you know, because of COVID and all that, but for them to be up watching in the wee hours of the morning to take his call after the game... He said he was just the happiest kid in the world. Always his dream to play in the NHL, and he's got that opportunity. He got a win under his belt, and, uh, you know, we'll see when he gets back in the net. They have a couple games coming up here against Buffalo, Rask, not yet 100% healthy, and uh, it's possible that Vladar will get back between the pipes here at some point, but if not, he and Swayman will continue their strong play down in the AHL. Now, I did mention there was that Five-minute power play that the Bruins failed to cash in on. That came after Brandon Tanev leveled Jared Tenorti uh, with a seemingly clean open ice hit that uh, made Tenorti fall very awkwardly into the boards. Afterwards, uh, Bruce Cassidy said it didn't look very positive. The outlook for injury, an upper body injury, possibly concussion, or, you know, neck, shoulder, something like that. We'll get more on his status here coming up. Initially, I balked at the five-minute major and a game misconduct. It was assessed for boarding. Uh, Looking at the play again, I think it was definitely charging, which could warrant a major and a game misconduct. Um, But the hit itself was pretty clean. The fact that Tanev skated a long distance in order to deliver it was probably the reason why... Uh, The penalty was assessed and upheld after a bit of a conference. I still don't think it was boarding, uh, but, you know, charging certainly. And at the end of the day, hopefully Tenorti is going to be okay. He seems to have fit in very well with the Bruins so far. 
he had been playing very well. Even last night, he was getting involved in the offense, you know, leveling some hits. He he leveled a couple on Evgeny Malkin that uh, shook up the superstar center. And his status is day-to-day after that one. Uh, but, you know, again, Tenorti seems to have fit in pretty well with the Bruins so far. And it would be uh, unfortunate to see him miss any time here. The Bruins were led in shots in this one by Nick Ritchie. He had five. David Pasternak with four of his own. Uh, Matt Grizzlick with three. He's always been getting involved in the offense lately since returning from injury. Brad Marchand with three shots on goal as well. I mentioned Frederick, his fourth goal of the season. And David Pasternak added his 13th on the power play in the first period. He now has 13 goals in 20 games. If you carry that into a uh, a full 82-game season, that would put him on a 53-goal pace, which is ahead of where he was last season. Obviously, he'd miss time. It's a shortened season, but uh, still scoring at an elite rate. And uh, the Bruins, of course, like we say all the time, are fortunate to have him in the mix. So, yeah, very encouraging win for the Bruins in some ways. In others, not. There was only the one even-strength goal They failed to capitalize on that five-minute power play. Uh, The Buffalo Sabres here on Wednesday morning have fired head coach Ralph Kruger, and they're in complete disarray. So hopefully the Bruins can go into Buffalo and um, get a couple good wins coming up here and gain some positive momentum moving forward. But we'll preview that game uh, tomorrow on the podcast and move into the mailbag segment here on in a moment, but before we do, let's talk for a moment about Built Bar Madness. Now, Built Bar, of course, the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, tastes so good. Each bar covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, but they're also great for the health conscious person. Right now, it's Built Bar Madness, and we are helping them decide which bar tastes best if you go to builtbar.com you can vote for the best tasting protein bar today's matchup is peanut butter versus coconut marshmallow puff so a bit of a basic one in peanut butter coconut marshmallow puff mixing it up a little bit go and vote and remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Now on this podcast, we're covering everything you need to know about the Bruins, but what about the rest of sports? Locked On Podcast Network now has you covered with the Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, it's time to open up the mailbag, and my boy William Nickerson got in on the action early by bringing up Alex Edler as a possible trade target. He tweeted at me a few days ago, and he reiterated this question last night asking whether or not you know um, he is a viable trade option for the Boston Bruins. Alex Edler, of course, defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks. 
He is in the final year of a $6 million contract. Hasn't looked particularly awesome this season. He only has six assists through 31 games. Uh, 34 years old, a veteran defenseman with a lot of experience. Uh, he would certainly probably be, certainly probably, certainly be cheaper than Matthias Ekholm in the trade market. Um, and yeah, I think he would be uh, a viable candidate to join the Bruins as a left-hand shot if he were to become available by the Vancouver Canucks. At Squill Bill said his question about Edler seems even more relevant now with Tenorti looking like he's going to miss time. Uh, so yeah, I'd say, you know, he's not the best in terms of possession numbers. 46.3 uh, Corsi rating at the moment. Uh, in 2020-2021, uh, he is, but that might be more a result of the Canucks not being very good this season. Last year, in 59 games, he had 33 points, and you know he can contribute on the power play, special teams. Uh, I think he would be uh, a decent candidate for the Bruins if they are priced out of the Ekholm market. A couple weeks ago on TSN's Insider Trading, Darren Dreger said that no impending free agent in Vancouver is off-limits to suitors. Uh, Edler does have a no-movement clause that he may not be eager to waive, especially if it means going across the country and uh, crossing the border. However, uh, there could be some other uh, options on the Canucks that the Bruins are looking at. Uh, Tanner Pearson being one, I think he would be a, a good Young scoring winger to add, although he's not that young. He is, yeah, he's 28, I guess. He had 21 goals, 24 assists for 45 points in 69 games last season. Um, so maybe that's a guy that they would look at instead of Edler. Uh, but we'll see. Edler, yeah, like I said, he would be a good look on the blue line. Could come cheaper than Ekholm. And uh, the Bruins, yeah, right now, certainly banged up on the blue line. And if the outlook isn't promising for guys like Tenorti and Carlo to return, then they may have to prioritize uh, the blue line over adding some scoring at the moment. Next question comes from Steve McEckern at Steve J. Mac E. What did you think of Oscar Steen's performance last night? Great question, Steve. I failed to mention Steen. In the opening segment, he appeared in 9 minutes and 13 seconds last night. He recorded two shots on goal, uh, threw out five hits as well, and I thought he looked pretty good. He had an opportunity to score on Casey DeSmith, uh, kind of tried to sneak one in on the short side. Uh, Jake DeBrusque almost got his stick in there as well to bang in the rebound. I thought overall he looked pretty good. Uh, didn't look out of place at all. Didn't get a ton of ice time. But I think he certainly warranted uh, another look here against the Sabres in these games coming up. And um, yeah, I think his outlook is pretty promising as a long-term member of the Boston Bruins. He's got speed, he's got skill, a bit undersized, but he makes up for that in other ways. And, you know, I won't take any guy out of the lineup who's getting the puck on the net with regularity at this point. Uh, two shots over that short amount of time is uh, is pretty good. And he, you know, he had more shots than Craig Smith, who had 13 minutes and 34 seconds of ice time. Uh, Charlie Coyle had 16 minutes of ice time, including over two on the power play. 
He only had two shots of his own. Bergeron only had one shot. Corrali one shot. DeBrusque one shot. Uh, Kuhlman zero shots. So Steen, I think, yeah, warrants uh, some more looks in the lineup for sure. I thought he looked. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. Marco Ariganello, Ariginello asks honestly, what do the Bruins do at the deadline? If they go all in, can the fix? Can they fix the issues they have at the deadline, or should they make minor trades and see what happens? I personally don't think they they have the assets to trade if they want to go all in. Well, they do have some assets that they could trade in the form of, well, a first-round pick, which is always attractive in trade negotiations. There are some young players like an Oscar Steen, like a Yerho Vakaninen perhaps, that could be uh, offered up. You have guys like Carson Kuhlman, even Jake DeBrusque if they wanted to go big. I think they will be active at the deadline. I don't know if they, yeah, like you said, have the assets to go quote-unquote all in can you get all in in my mind would be acquiring a top six forward as well as a top four defender and it's hard to see them having the assets to make both of those trades you can only use one first round pick in one of those trades so unless you're going for you know a team say the Nashville Predators and trying to make a play for Ekholm and Philip Forsberg, then that would be going all in in my mind, throwing in a first round pick, throwing in some roster players and prospects, and really trying to load up for one more playoff run where you're guaranteed to have David Krejci and Tuka Rask as members of the team to go along with what remains of the core. Um, I assume Sweeney will make some deals. I don't know if there'll be big swings like that. Uh, you could see him just trying to add depth, I guess, depth scoring, reinforcements on the blue line. Um, so that's kind of how I see him approaching the deadline at this point. Uh, like I said, the deadline, April 12th, so a few weeks to sort things out. Maybe some more sellers will emerge. Uh, but, you know, it'd be good to do something sooner than later, perhaps just to uh, be able to integrate players into the lineup and maximize the time that they can get used to playing in Boston before the postseason. Final question comes from Brian Kane at Brian K9. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I'm going to say no. For me, a sandwich is one that can be open-faced. The fact that the bun used for a hot dog is one-sided or not one-sided but there's one opening for it would suggest that it's not a sandwich in my mind a sandwich you'd also put some lettuce on it you'd put uh, other meats perhaps in there as well so for me a hot dog is not a sandwich but thanks for, thanks for asking it's a it's a timeless debate thanks for sending in those questions as always mailbag on wednesday so if you have one in the meantime send it over and I'll be sure to set it aside for next week's mailbag segment. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. Baseball's around the corner, as is the Oscars. You can even bet on awards, shows, and reality TV. They provide real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. 
It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Wednesdays on Locked On NHL, you can take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampado of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. Elliot Freeman did mention our Boston Bruins in his latest 31 Thoughts podcast. He believes the Bruins are indeed in on Ekholm, who he calls the bell of the trading ball, which means high asking price for sure. The more teams that are in on Ekholm, the more uh, the Predators might be able to fetch in terms of a uh, bidding war. He also mentioned the Bruins as possibilities for Kyle Palmieri of the New Jersey Devils, who could hit the trade block. Uh, Anders Lee of the New York Islanders, it was announced this morning, is out for the remainder of the season after undergoing surgery uh, to repair an injury that I can't recall at this point. So they too will be in the market for a top six winger. So guys like Taylor Hall, Kyle Palmieri, um, they could be in play for sure. And the Islanders... Top team in the East right now. They'll be looking to 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 add for sure in light of the Lee injury, but also I think they were in on uh, you know a forward before that even took place. So uh, there could be some bidding battles between Don Sweeney and Lou Lamorello as well. So trade talk really ramping up here as we're less than a month from the deadline. Bruins, according to Friedman, definitely interested in Ekholm taking a look at Kyle Palmieri, and we'll see if there's some other options that emerge as more teams become sellers. You look at the uh, Anaheim Ducks, for example, the Buffalo Sabres, the Detroit Red Wings are apparently open for business, and uh, more and more teams will, of course, be looking to add some assets for the future or at the draft, so the trade market definitely will be picking up at some point here soon. Alex Ovechkin last night scored his 718th career goal and reached his 1300th career points in a win over those New York Islanders. Uh, He moved past Phil Esposito into 6th place on the all-time goals list. He's now 34th on the all-time points list. I know he plays for the Capitals, but we are very lucky to have been witnesses to the Alexander Ovechkin era one of, if not the greatest goal scorer in NHL history, in my opinion. I mentioned Evgeny Malkin left last night's game against the Bruins. He's a little banged up after getting hit by Jared Tenorti. Tenorti also out. No update yet on his status. So do follow ENC McLaren or LO Boston Bruins on Twitter for the latest on that when it drops. I mentioned the Sabres fired Ralph Kruger and assistant coach Steve Smith. No replacement was named. And our Bruins, of course, will be in Buffalo to take on the Sabres both Thursday night and Saturday afternoon. So hopefully they can, again, take advantage of some of that disarray that we are seeing in Buffalo at the moment. I think that pretty much covers everything relevant to our Boston Bruins here this morning. 
Last night I watched episode three of Bear Town. There are only five episodes. If you're not familiar with Bear Town, it's a book written by Frederick Bachman uh, out of Sweden. It's the best hockey book I've ever read, a hockey novel for sure, and one of my favorite books, period. There's an adaptation uh, from HBO Europe that aired over there in October. It's now over here in North America. Five episodes. It deals with not only the Beartown youth hockey team, but also some issues in terms of hockey culture and um, really relevant to, yeah, just the hockey world in general, hockey culture, how we treat athletes, how we put them on pedestals, and the consequences of pushing them to just really, you know, take control and, and things like that. So I encourage you to check that out if you haven't already. Beartown on HBO. I've got two episodes left. And uh, yeah, it's really very much worth checking out. Uh, and probably watch episode four here tonight with the Bruins having a night off. So yeah, I hope you uh, are all having a great week. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I know things remain kind of rough out there. Up here in Ontario, the third wave of COVID is officially on, which is not very encouraging, but the end is in sight. I appreciate each and every one of you who takes some time to listen. I hope it provides a distraction through your days. Um, and yeah, it's nice to see the Bruins back on track here with the win over the Penguins. Dan Vladar's win certainly was uh, a joy to witness and uh, something that I will remember certainly from this season, no matter what happens with our Bruins. Hope you all have a great St. Patrick's Day. Have a great Wednesday. The weekend is closer and closer with each passing minute. Uh, so cheers to you, friends, today. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll be back tomorrow to preview the upcoming games against the Buffalo Sabres. This has been Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Take care, friends.